welcome to the Chapman CG Podcast, inspiring and informative conversations with top HR leaders from around the world. Leaders are constantly looking for that one great product or service that will set them apart from the competition. But the reality is patents expire and your top performers today can easily become top performers for your competitors tomorrow. So what is it that truly makes your organization unique? Why should potential employees come and work for your organization? Here today to talk about how your company culture is a key competitive advantage is Simon Rees Hansen, Global Chief Human Resources Officer at Lego. Simon, thanks for giving up some time on your busy morning in, in Singapore this morning. Matt, it's a pleasure. I've been looking forward to our conversation. Thanks a lot for having me. So, Simon, your role is extremely unique, apart from being with an iconic brand that certainly people like me have very fond memories of in my childhood. Mm. Um, <laughs> the other unique aspect of um, you know your your role is that it's actually based out of Asia, and you know at this point in time, while we're seeing a mega trend of more global decision making starting to fall to emerging markets, there's not too many global CHRO roles um, out of places like Singapore. Tell us a bit about your current role and I guess what, what it's like doing that sort of role out of this part of the world. Uh, yes, uh, thank you. I think many uh, companies experience that uh, they need to globalize their organization and sometimes in, in, in part of globalizing themselves, they should also think through how do we globalize the leadership of the company and we went through a similar realization process that we needed to distribute leadership and change the point of gravity from leadership being very headquarter centric and split that up and uh, move our decision-making authority into a number of hubs. And uh, in Asia, we have currently set up two hubs, one in uh, Singapore, where I'm based, and another one in uh, Shanghai. Uh, we have a couple of hubs in, uh, in uh, Europe and uh, in uh, the Americas as well. And what the intent is that we would take uh, um, head uh, office uh, that would normally have the most senior people sitting in the head office and then we distribute that leadership into those um, hubs so you could go all the way to the top from uh, the, uh, uh, the point that you are at now without getting into a, a headquarters. So that's one of the benefits from that. That's part of globalizing the setup that you can actually have a career trajectory all the way to the top, even though you're not based in the headquarter. A more important point, though, is that we get the opportunity of um, looking at the world from the periphery rather than from the center, and our center is our headquarter, and really try to embrace uh, the cultural diversity and submerge ourselves into the different cultures that we are part of, and with that as a vantage point, become much better decision makers. Uh, in our corporate management uh, decision-making process. So I think there's many advantages to that, so, but really the starting point for us has been uh, to globalize the company would also mean that we globalize our leadership uh, team and that we set it up in a way where we sit rather than in a headquarter, we would sit on uh, different hubs that would serve as mini headquarters, so to speak, uh, rather than just having one. So Simon, uh, you've obviously um, had a fast-track career, um, originally starting in psychology, I recall, 
and um, coming from consulting into into corporate. Tell, tell us a bit about your career background leading up to uh, to now. Uh, yes, uh, thank you, uh, Matt. Um, well, uh, I don't feel really it has been a fast track, but it has been unmanaged at least. Um, uh, I started up in the legal group uh, roughly 20, uh, 12 years ago, uh, heading up uh, our center of expertise for leadership development, talent development, and uh, then uh, gradually had more and more impact in my different roles and is now in our corporate management uh, team leading the full uh, legal group. And when you are in the corporate management team, your first role is uh, leading the legal group at large and thereafter your area of expertise or the domain that you're responsible for, which in my case is the HR and also looking after leadership development talent management and some of the other critical areas that we focus on in in, in, in my uh, domain and the HR role that I play. So it's really a combination of roles that I play, uh, Matt, um, in my current role as head of HR. So let's talk about uh, the topic for today, which is, uh, which, which is culture. And Simon, what do you think are the, the key components that, that make up a, a company's culture? Yes, uh, thank you for that. And I think it differs uh, to a large extent, but maybe to take you back and just uh, uh, build some context around that. The Lego Group is more than 80 years old and it's a family-owned uh, business. And we have grown organically uh, close to 20% each year compounded annual growth in the last uh, 10 years. And as you grow as a company, you also and you scale as a company and you globalize as a company, you also need to confront yourself with how do we stay true to what we really are and how do we ensure that our identity and what we stand for and the DNA of the legal group is also something that is institutionalized in our ways of working no matter where we are. So um, we really started off together with our family on an archeological journey looking inwards and looking towards what constitutes our identity. What do we believe in? Who are we? What do we stand for? Where will we not compromise? What do we, what do we value? And out of that journey came a realization that if you turn our brand inside out, you really have our culture. So we don't have a commercial brand and then a culture. Our brand and culture is one and the same. So we try to live and express and the culture and our promise that we uh, have in our play promise and bring that into the way we want to live and enact our culture when you work for the legal group. So the journey we have been on identifying our culture has really been a journey of identity and an inwards looking journey where we started from the inside working our way out um, in order to establish and hone what is the DNA of the legal group. And let me just, Matt, if it fits the conversation now, take you through how we have worked with that and also the um, purpose our culture serves, uh, so to speak. Do you feel that fits the conversation now, Matt? Yeah, that sounds good, Simon. Um, so um, what we really did is that, uh, uh, as I said, roughly 10 years ago, we sat, uh, we sat down and realized that we were on a, a, a growth trajectory and we started to control also, uh, uh, what is our culture and how do we want to 
um, harness that as we grow as a company. And then as we were growing as a company, we realized that we needed to establish a so-called legal brand framework that captures what we stand for as a company, both in terms of our commercial brand proposition, but also our value proposition towards employees and what we want to harness. And we did that with a number of key purposes in mind. First, we wanted to establish our identity and become very sure on that. Then we wanted to build a culture as a force of integration that would tie people together no matter where they sit in the legal group. And what we can see today is actually that we have succeeded quite well on that. So if you take Monterey, Mexico, if you go to Singapore, whether you go to Platino outside Prague in the Czech Republic, what you can see is that it's really the two same things that drives people and that motivates people in the legal group. And that's disregarding the function you belong to, disregarding your level in the organization. It's really two things. Uh, one is our purpose as a company, what we stand for, which is to inspire and develop the builders of tomorrow through a unique legal play experience. And the other one is um, to provide people the opportunity to grow at work and to um, grow their potential to the best of their abilities. That's really the two, two same things that drives uh, people. And that speaks to the third thing that we want to achieve, namely that we want to bring in people that share our values and beliefs in what we stand for as a company. So we have rigidly built that in to our selection process and the way we work with some of our HR processes that I can come back to later in the conversation. Um, That's very interesting, and 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 so I, I guess that leads on to my next question, really, which is, you know, what role uh, does HR play, or has HR play in Lego in 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 helping define this 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 sort of consistent culture? Um, the, the the first thing is really to realize that um, culture at the end of the day is uh, not just uh, wallpaper, and it's not just something you can. Uh, communicate and speak to it's something you need to enact the consistency and consequence in the way you lead in particular it's like a comedian he doesn't say he's funny he tells a joke and that's where we as HR people come in we need to uh, prepare our leaders and coach our leaders through our business partners in being purposeful and deliberate in the way they lead and identify those moments of truth where they're really either building culture or it, it deteriorating our culture. What are those critical moments uh, that they have throughout um, a, a normal month that can either build and shape our culture or the opposite? So the HR partners play a critical role in coaching our leaders on that uh, to be as deliberate and purposeful as possible in um, living our legal brand uh, framework, which captures our values, our aspiration, and our spirit as a company. The other thing is, of course, to reflect it in our HR core processes, one of them being recruitment. So all the way from our value proposition, but certainly in the selection interviews as well, being quite deliberate and uh, clear in probing and assessing the values that people bring in and what they stand for as well. And then further bringing that into the onboarding process, 
that we have for all employees. All employees would go through an onboarding process of actually two days, where we as senior leaders in the company would shake hands with all people joining the legal group, spend time with them going through the legal history that we are family-owned, that we have a unique uh, mission to inspire and develop the builders of tomorrow, and we genuinely want to live and express our values in the way we work, collaborate, and lead. Uh, then that's further harnessed and uh, reinforced uh, when we have new leaders joining because all leaders in the legal group would go through um, a, a legal way of leading program, which is really a license to lead in the legal group that is equipping leaders to understand the context within which they lead and allows leaders to make sense of our values in in a way that they can translate that into their daily leadership. And we would follow up on that uh, as well in our annual people review process, where we not only calibrate leaders on their uh, performance and potential, but also calibrate them on their <clears throat> way of living and leading uh, our values and our culture. Um, having said this, this may come across as something that is um, more of an indoctrination of people into our culture. And one of the challenges that we are quite aware of is that it's not just a matter of onboarding people to the legal group, but it's also a matter of uh, actually having a reverse onboarding where we can embrace the differences and the uniqueness that people bring to work. So it means that it's not just a matter of us ensuring that people understand and internalize the values of, of the legal group and our culture, but it's also working more deliberately with reverse onboarding that allows us to tap into the knowledge and expertise that they, and, and styles that other people bring in. And that's where diversity is a critical element to us. So it shouldn't come across as if we are trying to make all people fit into the same mold we actually try to ensure that people can leverage their unique self and be authentic and real at work. Um, and that's probably the distinguishing factor in our culture is that we want to ensure that just as play is a creative experience where you can express yourself, that's, that is also the uh, kind of culture and context we want to create around uh, people. So Simon, what impact do you think uh, you know, a company's culture can have on its on its overall business strategy, and I guess how have you felt this in play at Lego? Yeah, I think it can have a, 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 a very important impact on that. For us, it is actually a, a, a big part of our strategy. So what we have done is that we have translated our culture into five pinnacle KPIs, five overall KPIs that helps us as a company to lead in a way that is consistent with our culture. So the five pinnacle KPIs that we work from is um, also setting up the bonus program for our corporate management team. So everyone in our corporate management team share the five the same KPIs. Um, and that is directly correlating with the four promises that we have in our uh, culture which is a play promise, partner promise, planet promise, and the people promise. And each of those four promises have a weighting of 20%. And 
And on top of that, we have a financial measure, EDA, that um, constitutes uh, and accounts for the remaining 20%. So in totality, our financial measure is only 20% of what we measure our success on. The four other measures, which are the four most important ones, are the uh, promises we make towards planet, people, partner, and play. And that is really the four promises that we want to live uh, in the way we lead and the way we work. And that is our culture. That is the culture we would like to come alive through those four promises. So in, 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 to a large extent, it really is the compass for what, what we would like to contribute to as a company that goes beyond a financial uh, result, but also speaks to the kind of company we want to create. And that's one of the benefits of being a privately owned company that we can think long-term and we can think on creating an organization and culture that is fully consistent with our strategy. And it's, it is a unique part of our strategy to create a great place to work. And Simon, how have you found the external talent market when you've been bringing in people for hard to fill roles? And you know you've had to to pitch the Lego proposition. How have you found this corporate culture aspect coming into play as a competitive advantage to secure you yeah, know the best and brightest? Great question. Yeah, it's a great question, Matt. And um, I think one of the things that we have seen as a hurdle, and it remains a hurdle, is that we are not very aggressively uh, communicating about the value proposition uh, that we have. Um, and Lego as an employer brand is not as strong as our commercial brand. So what we would find important is that that when we are in touch with people that are applying for a job or when we use agencies that they internalize and understand that we mean it for real, that culture is not wallpaper for us, that is who we are and what we would like to live uh, as well. So, so that realization um, but I think it's only when we are in contact with people and we are going through the first interviews that people discover what uh, a unique place the Lego Group is and how remarkable it is to have a workplace that is uh, as much focusing on, 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 on the workplace as a great place to realize yourself and grow as a human being as we are focusing on uh, creating great play experiences for uh, children um, so it's only in the discovery phase uh, and when people are in the interviews that they actually um, understand that and realize how much we mean that for real. And then, of course, bringing that into the onboarding process is essential as well. So it is a, a hurdle that we have, uh, um, have not really have not successfully overcome at this point in time, which is to... Um, communicate about the distinct value proposition that we stand for. Um, so, so that's one of the things on my agenda is to further work with that in particular in markets that are newer to us, like um, in many of the Asian markets or Latin America or Africa. It is really to establish ourselves as an employer brand on par with um, other more household uh, names um, so, so that's one of the things that, that, that we are looking into. I must say when people join us, we have 
very rarely seen that they join us without understanding our culture. And that's why we are able to retain top talent when they have joined us, because it continues to surprise people, engage people, make people feel that they can grow on the job and have global uh, and international career opportunities as well. And that was Simon Reese Hansen, Global Chief Human Resources Officer at LEGO, talking about how your company culture can be a key competitive advantage. For more excellent conversations from Chapman CG, follow our podcast series or check us out at chapmancg.com.